Hallelujah. For our brief time together tonight. It feels nice and toasty in here tonight. Glory to God. Thank God. I was here early. That's all. That's the only reason why I was here early. I came and turned the heat on. <laughs> I was here early. I came and cut the heat on. I said, I can't pray in here if it's cold. The devil's a lie. I can't be praying in here going, it's an instant, instant Holy Ghost. I said, I can't do that tonight, Lord. I just had to cut the heat all the way up. It's nice and good in here. Thank God for a church that has heat. Hallelujah. The weather is changing. Amen. Please don't take that for granted. Continue to pay your tithe and offering so we can keep heat. Hallelujah. Uh, um, <laughs> um, the weather is changing. Make sure, make sure, please make sure that you are, that y'all are um, dressing accordingly. Amen. Please don't dress like you, like you 12 and 13 running out in the streets. And your 12 and 13 year old shouldn't be dressed like they run in the streets. Put on a hat. Come on, a scarf. Amen. Because this is cold weather. Not just, not just cold outside, but catching cold weather. So make sure that y'all are real bundled up. Amen. Make sure you, you put on a, a coat. Make sure you get a scarf. Amen. And bundle up these kids. Um, Second Chronicles 20 tonight. We, we're going we're gonna to hear the word of the Lord. And um, we're probably, uh, um, we're going to stay in this series, but we're going to move to a, another battle. After this one, I want us to see um, how God gives us victories and how God gave his people victories in the Bible, because you have, like we said on Sunday, you have to be acquainted with winning, have to be somebody say, I have to get acquainted with winning. A lot of us have lost so much that we sometimes we expect to lose. Some of us have gone into situations expecting for bad and horrible outcomes we say we believe God, but we're not really expecting to win. Because when you expect to win, your life lines up to winning. Amen, somebody. Your life lines up. You Come on, you, you, you start getting away from people who aren't talking winning talk. One of the things that I'm, that I'm doing in this season, one of the things I can't stand is for people to be around me and they are uh, always down, defeated, never talking victory, never having even spunk about them. I, gotta, I have to be around people in this season of my life. I got to be around people who are winners. Yes. Amen, somebody. I got to be around somebody who wants to win. Yes. You, may not, you may not have acquired everything that's, that's on your prayer list, but at least you believe in God for it. Yes. Come on, I need to be around somebody who has faith to believe God for better and more than what they have right now. Tell somebody around you and tell everybody around you, uh, in, 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 you know, around you, behind you, front, back sides, tell them, say, I need winners around me. Come on, tell somebody, I need winners around me. I need to have some winners around me. Come on, if you're going to be around me, you got to get out the basement, get out the dumps. Come on, you need to get some praise. You need to become a worshiper. You're going to have to love God. You're going to have to get in that word. I need somebody that's going to be able to smile and enjoy life. Come on here. A lot of us, a lot of us are waiting on God, and we're, we're participating with God to see great victories. And on the way, it's miserable for a lot of people. They just miserable on the way to the next victory because we're not happy until we win. But the truth of the matter is that people like that aren't even happy when they win. On the way to the win, do you have victory? Come on. If a car defines your happiness and your joy, then, then the car is not your problem. Come on, say amen. If the only time you get happy is, is when, when you get something. 
another job, more money, material things. If, if that's all that fuels your happiness and joy, you really don't have happiness and joy. Your happiness and your joy is conditional. Amen. But I'm, amen. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with no car. I'm happy sitting in the house. I'm happy just chilling. I don't have to be buying nothing new. I don't need the latest nothing. I'm happy where I am. Amen. Because you're going to have to learn how to be content. In the state you find it, in the season you're in, you got to be content right there. I didn't, say, I, I didn't say you have to receive that for your life. But you got to be content. If this is a season where you're only dealing with $20 bills, then be happy with the $20. After I pay all my bills, if I got $20 left, and I'm going to manage this $20 as if it was $20,000. And be happy with it. Come on and enjoy the $20. And save the $20. And accumulate 20 more. Come on. Learn how to enjoy every season that God has you in while you're winning. Because the truth of the matter is that if you don't enjoy the process, you'll never enjoy the win. I'm going to say that again. If you don't enjoy the process, you'll never enjoy the win. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all need to write that down. If you don't enjoy the process, you will not enjoy the win. If all you live for is the win, then the process is the thing you hate. And a lot of Christians hate the process. But the process is the thing that makes you a winner. The process makes, somebody said the process makes me a winner. So I gave you, I gave you um, three more strategies on this past Sunday. Uh, and and the, 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 the topic of this, this part of the series is we're talking about strategies for victory. Strategies that uh, take us into victory. And um, I gave you, the, the first strategy I gave you on Sunday was we have to believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Say, I have to believe God's word. Jehaziel jumped up and started prophesying to, to uh, Jehoshaphat and the, and the army of Judah and, and all the inhabitants and started telling them what God told him to tell them in 2 Chronicles 20. And he told them, start telling them that God's going to give you all the victory, stand still, go down, go down to the battle tomorrow. And remember that this battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. He starts telling them all this stuff. And, uh, and, 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 and this is what I said on Sunday. If you don't believe the word of the Lord, then you're not going to get the instruction on how to win. Amen. Say, I have to believe the word of the Lord. Then we said that the next strategy was you have to learn how to worship. Worship, worship, worship. Verse 18 of 2 Chronicles 20 says that Jehoshaphat bowed his head down and, and put his face down into the ground. All the inhabitants of, of, of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and they all began to worship God. Now, now God, now God wants to teach us something through this. You don't get a victory until you learn how to become a worshiper. If you now, how many of you have already started to put the homework in place that I gave you on Sunday about worshiping in your home and praising in your home? I left here. We're away. My wife and I are still away. We're away vacationing. That's why she's not here. I, I came back because I need to preach to y'all. So I'm leaving and traveling an hour and some distance a little further up uh, to go be with her. But I came down because this is important to me. Yeah, y'all are important to me. Amen? Yeah. But in the midst of all of this, even on my time away, resetting and doing all the things that I need to do, I went back to the resort and made a whole bunch of noise. I know I got on somebody's nerves. I don't care who it was, but somebody above me, somebody on the side, because I heard somebody saying, be quiet. I said, no, hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't care. Just move your room. They got enough. They got enough. Just go somewhere else. 
Because everybody, everybody on the left, right, front, up, and down is going to get something from this. I didn't See, because see, this is the thing. I told God, I don't care where I am. I want to put the word in practice because I want to see the results of the word. So I went home and started worshiping. I started worshiping God. Hallelujah, Lord, I praise you. Now, a lot of us don't realize this, but we said this on Sunday. Worship is knowing the worth of God, the worth of God and expressing it. Knowing the worth of God and expressing it. How much worth does God have in your life? And we said worth is value. How much value does God have in your life? How valuable is he to you? What is the quality of that value, valuability? How, how, how valuable, how, value, how, how much value do you put on his presence in your life? How many of you ever prayed and felt the presence of God? Do you know how to value that? Most people don't know how to value. You know how you value that presence? You value that presence by sharing that glory with somebody else. Most people think that they value the presence of God by telling everybody, oh, I had a good prayer time. Oh, the Lord met me. What good is me telling somebody the Lord met me and they have a problem or they have a need and they can't feel what I felt? Think about that for a second. Worship is not just by you going in a room and saying, oh, Lord, I love you, Lord. Worship is after I leave there, when I go out into the world, can anybody feel the result of my worship? This is, how, this is how you really worship God. Worshiping God is I come close to him so that I can bring him close to other people. That's worship. So a lot of people do this. They, they, they worship in their home. Hallelujah, Lord, I praise you. Glory, glory, glory. Then they go out in public and get silent. Nobody knows that you're a worshiper. Nobody knows your relationship with God. Nobody knows it because they can't feel it. They can't feel it. Now think about this. We talked about this on Sunday about when you come to God's house and you're having a worship experience here, it is you releasing the glory of God into an atmosphere like we're in tonight. Like I know we have, all of us have, have had long days. We work and we're doing a whole lot of stuff. We got children. We're trying to get them ready for church. We're doing a whole lot. But there, there, is, there is inside of you the spirit of God that rests in you. And when you come in any atmosphere, especially a church atmosphere like this, you have to learn how to release the glory of God into the atmosphere. Yes. Amen. And that's something that I'm going to teach us how to do more often, more, more this year, because a lot of people don't know how to do that. You have to learn how to change an atmosphere by releasing the glory of God that is within you into the atmosphere. Yes. So we're not, we're not begging him to come in. Lord, come in the room. Come in the room. Come in. No, 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 no. Lord, we release you. We release what's in us into this atmosphere. Because how many of you know that, that the Bible calls Satan the prince and power of the air? So watch. Anytime you come into an atmosphere, Satan wants to try to mess with the air. He wants to try to mess with the temperature of the air. Air. He wants to mess with, with the frequencies of the presence of God that are going out. He doesn't want you to receive. He wants you to be, he wants you to be carnal minded. He wants you to worry about work tomorrow. How are you going to eat tonight? What are you going to eat? I hope you let us out a little early because I'm trying to catch the restaurant before they close at 8.30. And a whole lot of stuff starts happening in your mind. And what you do is you start participating in contaminating the atmosphere. One of the hardest things to do, watch this, is when, when, when a church uh, uh, operates at a certain level, of authority when a lot of visitors show up the air gets tainted think about this the air gets tainted some of the hardest services for us to have is New Year's Easter 
a lot of these services. Why? Because people are coming in and by nature, they contaminate the, the atmosphere. Their, their nature contaminates our atmosphere. Why? Because we, we set an atmosphere normally. But if you get too many people who come in and they don't, they're not participating with the, with the atmosphere, they're participating against the atmosphere and it's not them, it's the spirit that's in them. So our job is to, every time, now, now this is not something that you practice here, it's something you practice at home. So when you wake up in the morning, you set the atmosphere of your home. You release the glory of God into your house. Lord Jesus. So you wake up, so you wake up in the morning, Lord forgive me for any sin, because you know, um, even in your dreams, Satan will come and tempt you in your dreams and have you sinning in your sleep. So you wake up, Lord, forgive me for anything that I've done willingly, unwillingly, any oath or anything that I've bound myself to in my dreams. I break every contempt. See, I wake up doing that. I break any oath, anything that I've, that unknowingly, that in my dreams that I've attached myself to or said yes to in my dreams, I break the attachment of that. I break and bind everything that my, that my carnal nature is trying to attach itself to from my dream, the dream state. And I, now listen to the words, and I release the glory of God into this atmosphere. What am I doing? I'm taking authority, because this is what a lot of people don't, don't realize. After you wake up, like, like last night I had a disturbing dream and I woke up, and um, I, it, the, 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 the atmosphere in the room felt like the atmosphere in the dream. Wow. Now, now, that's natural. I'm not in, I'm not in my home. So I'm in, a, I'm in a setting where it is a, it is a, is a contaminated setting. You go to a hotel, you go, you go into a resort, there's all kind of stuff happening. Right? So, I'm, so we, 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 we prayed out our place, we prayed out our room, prayed out our stuff, but, 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 but the enemy's job is to keep contamination around. Right? So, so, so I had a disturbing dream last night. I woke up out of that dream and I was a little like, upset about the dream I had but I felt the atmosphere from that was in that dream trying to come into the room so you know what I did I said I in the name of Jesus I break the atmosphere that would that would try to come out of the dream state into my in, in, in into this room I break it and I plead the blood of Jesus against it and I release the glory of God instantly instantly I felt the whole thing shift a lot of us don't do this so we just live in, we live in stuff and we take stuff that we don't have to take. And a lot of us, because we have high tolerances for pain and high tolerances for things, we just, we, we, we've learned how to be soldiers and push through stuff that we don't have to fight through, that we shouldn't have to fight through. There's some stuff you don't have to fight through. There's some stuff you don't have, you shouldn't be fighting through. There's some stuff you don't got a war for everything. Some stuff you're just going to stop. Stop in the name of Jesus. I bind you. Move out the way, and keep going. You don't. You don't. You don't need four hours for that. You got to take authority. Am I making sense? A lot of us. A lot of us suffer because we don't take authority. We suffer because we don't say I've had enough. You waiting on God to do something from heaven? No, He's waiting on you to do something in the earth so He can back you. Whatever you bind on earth, come on, y'all talk to me. I know y'all tired. Come on, say Amen tonight. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound, and whatever you loose on earth, loose in heaven. A lot of us don't bind and lose nothing, so we just take stuff. The whole day with a bad attitude. No, I bind the spirit of bad attitude. I bind the spirit off me. I command it to come off me. A lot of stuff you bought, you bought with you out of your dream.
So the enemy, the enemy put places stuff on you when you dream. This is why before you go to sleep, you need to have a good prayer session. You need to watch, you need to watch what you're watching. Can't watch everything before you go to sleep. Come on, I mean, I, this ain't in none of my notes. I just hear the Holy Ghost. You can't read everything before you go to sleep. Come on, some of y'all, the last thing on your mind should not be Facebook and posts. Get in your word. Read the Bible. Read, read some of the Psalms. Some of the best things to read before you go to bed is the Psalms. Recite them. Say them out loud. Say them out. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? I'm trying to teach you how to set an atmosphere in your home. You want to have God encounters? Before you go to bed, recite the word. Get the Psalms. Say them out of your mouth. Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. Come on, say that stuff out of your mouth. Say like five or ten of them. Whole chapters. Recite them. Read them. Pray them. And what you're going to do is you're setting up the atmosphere of your room, the atmosphere of your home for the Holy Ghost to dwell there, for the presence of God to dwell there. Because, because watch this, anytime you, you encounter the word of God and, you, and the word comes out of your mouth, remember the word of God is alive and active. It is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two edges sword. The word of God, somebody say, is alive and active. A lot of your days will go better if you plan for it the night before. Plan for it. Cut that, cut that music off. Cut that stuff off. Come on. Don't go to sleep with the TV on and all kind of crazy infomercials and stuff in between that coming and, and people saying all kind of crazy stuff in your, in your, over, your, over your, your dream state body. I don't want that stuff. I don't want that stuff looming over me. I don't want, now if it's worship music, leave it on. Leave that stuff on. I want that to be the atmosphere in my room. If it's preaching, teaching, leave it on. Let that be the atmosphere for your room. But some of the stuff that we do before we go to bed, now I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I, I hear the Holy Ghost. A lot of us, the stuff that we deal with before we go to bed is the thing that calls us to go into all kind of crazy dreams and to wake up feeling all kind of ways. All right, well, I'll leave that alone. So worship, we dealt with that. We dealt with praise. Tonight, let's uh, let's let's go let's go further. We're on we're on strategy number eight. Strategy number eight, and uh, I'm gonna spend a little time on this one tonight because I want us to move out of being complacent. I want us to move out of being lethargic. This is the first month of the year, and a lot of us have um, looked at what we've seen so far from January first to right now, and we have assumed that it's gonna be the worst year because it's mirroring what we saw last year. A lot of our actions, a lot of things we see is mirroring it. The Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen. A lot of us have to learn how to, how to move stuff out the way and keep our eyes on the prize, which is Jesus. Second Chronicles uh, 20 and 20, verse number 20. When you're there, say I'm in the word. Bible says, and they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you're going to prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, spoke with them about all the things God had told him, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that they should praise the beauty of holiness 
as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Strategy number eight. If you're going to see unusual victories, you're going to have to become a doer. Uh, you're going to have to become a doer. You're going to have to do. Everybody say do. do. Tell your neighbor do. do. A lot of people, a lot of people want God to bless them, open up doors, take them into a win, but they don't want to do nothing. We got a lot of lazy Christians. Come on, say amen. Give me a big amen on that. Amen. Everybody wants somebody to do something for them. Can you help me with this? Can you do this? Can you pray for me? No, how about you pray for yourself? How about you pray yourself into a victory? How about you pray until God tells you what you have to do? The issue with a lot of Christians is that every, everything has been given to us so we don't value the presence of God. You don't need another prophet. You need to hear God for yourself. Come on here. Come on here. And there will be times that the prophets will stand up. And there will be times when the prophets will tell you. But a lot of us put so much credence on the prophet that we don't put any, any credence on God. Come on here. Come on. So what we do is we make, we make a God out of the prophet. And then the, the God of the God of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has no credence in our life. He has no credence in our walk because we're waiting to get another fix from the prophets. Come on. But Harry, even, even as it pertains to your next step, you don't even need, you know, you don't need a prophet to validate what God already told you. You need to be obedient. Hey, come on, please say amen. Y'all quiet. Somebody write this down. Action is needed. Action is needed. Action is needed. Doing is all about taking action. It doesn't matter what Jehoshaphat and Judah and, 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 and all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, what God said to them. It doesn't matter about none of that if they don't take the steps to do to get the victory. Every, now listen to this. Every victory that God is going to give you this year is time sensitive. Every victory that God's going to give you this year is, everybody shout, time sensitive. Come on, shout, it's time sensitive. Say it again, it's time sensitive. Everything that God wants to give you this year is time sensitive. That means that there is a time connected to your victory. There's a time frame connected to what God has promised you. There's a time frame connected to your next win. And watch this. If you're going to get it, you're going to have to follow God when he tells you to do what he tells you to do. Amen. Say, I have to, I have to follow God. So that means you cannot be lazy when it's time to get the win. I wish you'd shake yourself tonight. I wish you'd shake yourself tonight and, and, and be, be beyond doing it physically, shake yourself in the spirit. Because you, because a lot of us have, have bought into 2020 with us the lethargy of 2019. Come on, I know you had a horrible year last year. I know you didn't understand what God was doing. I know it was a rough season for you. I know your money ain't come through for you. But hear me, shake it off. Come on, you're about to get a win. Help me, God. You're about to see God do something for you that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard about. God's about to break the rules for you. And you mean to tell me that you're still holding on to what happened last year? Somebody shout, it's a new season. You cannot be lazy now. Somebody say, I got to shake myself. The only way you're going to get the win now is you're going to have to pray when you don't feel like it. Come on here. 
You're going to have to seek God when your flesh don't want you to seek God. You're going to have to fast. Come on, talk to me here. You're going to turn your plate all the way over. I know your flesh is going to be hollering that it's hungry and you want to eat and you got things you want to do and you want to do this first before you do that. You had that plan to do, but no, if you want to win, you can't be lazy now. Come on, talk to me. All year long, if you're going to see win after win and victory after victory, you're going to have to shake yourself from lethargy. You're going to have to shake yourself from indecisiveness. Come on, please say amen because you're going to be like, huh? That's what God's telling you to do tonight. Shake yourself. You got to do that tonight. That means you're going to have to jumpstart your spirit. You're going to have to start praying in the Holy Ghost again. You're going to have to start worshiping again. You're going to have to start telling God, Lord, I need you to do something in me. Let it come alive. The Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Come on. It's time to stir ourselves now. You're going to have to stir yourself. The victory ain't coming to lazy people. I know we want God to just shut, Lord, pour out the blessing on me that I don't have room enough to receive. No, you're going to have to make room for the blessing. That means you can't be lazy for this. Please say amen. Come on, I got to shake y'all a little bit because y'all ain't gotten too, too, too. When is it coming, Jesus? Think about this. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall make given to your Now watch this. You want to know why a lot of us can't receive more from people? Because we haven't made room for it. Why would God give his overflow, watch this, to, I'm going to say it the nice way. Why would God pour out overflow on top of what you have that's stale? Why would God, why, why would I want, if I'm God, why would I want to give you and pour out blessing that you don't have room enough to receive when I'm giving you my best, but you're holding on, you're holding on to your last. You know what that means? You got to evaluate. You got to make room. And making room means you got to use muscle. You're going to have to go through your closet. Come on, you, Lord, I believe you for more clothes. You ain't got rid of nothing yet. You still got the stuff you can't fit. It's going to take time for you to go through that closet and make decisions. I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't want this. And you're going to have to move, physically move stuff. You can't be lazy and expect God to give you and put, put in the closet with the stuff that you already can't fit and rip stuff and stuff that's discolored and stuff that you're holding on to because it's nostalgic for you. I wore that to my prom. You ain't been to the prom in 20 years. You have not been to your prom in 20 years. This dress is, is taking up room. And the problem with a lot of Christians is we're holding on to stuff from our past that we're trying to relive in our emotions. It ain't, you're not going to another prom at 35. You're not going to another prom at 35. I ain't get a chance to go to my prom. Well, you've been on a whole lot of dates since then, so call one of them to prom. It sound, I, I know it sounds rough, but some, I got to shake you a little bit. Got to shake you a little bit. A lot of us are so stuck in what we haven't got. Trying to relive something with stuff that we need to get rid of. You will never be a doer trying to relive your past. You're not going to be a doer trying to relive that stuff. Come on. The relationship didn't work. Stop trying to make the new one the old one. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord. Okay, I'll leave you alone. 
a lot of us, a lot of us can't see God move like he wants to move because a lot of us are too afraid to get rid of stuff. We're afraid, we're afraid to not, because see, it's one thing to look like you're in overflow. Because you got a lot of stuff, but what if, what if the overflow you're carrying is junk? What if the overflow you're carrying is junk? What if the overflow you're carrying is stuff that God don't want you to have? There's an overflow that, you, that looks good to you, but there's an overflow that looks good to heaven. Oh, Lord. I'm going to say it again. There's an overflow that looks good to you, but then there's an overflow that looks good to heaven. You know what? Some, the, the way God operates is that sometimes scaling down is the best thing for your life. You got to scale down in order to go up. Bible says that we got to let go of every weight and sin that's scaling down that easily besets us. What is the purpose of scaling down? The purpose of scaling down is reevaluation. Reevaluation, the, the, the stuff Christians don't want to do. We want God to put his stuff on top of our stuff, which, which only brings confusion. Think about that. If God was to send you three new friends with the five friends that you do have, how would that mix up? If the five friends you have don't want to pray, don't want to live holy, criticize you for you being who God's called you to be. But then you got three friends who are spiritual try to mesh with five friends who is carnal. When really what you should have done before you, before you even got the, the three new ones was got rid of the five old ones. But you want to know what, that, what happens when you scale down? It looks like you're losing. And we are, so, we, we are so bent on saving face for people. Let me tell you something. I can care less what people think about me. Say whatever you want to say about me. I don't care. Take it up with God. That's how he made me. People, no, seriously, people, people, oh, yeah, they share that. Oh, that's what you think. God bless you. I'm going to hear what you say. I'm going to evaluate what you say by the word of God. And if what you're saying is, is carnal and fleshly in nature, then, I, I'm, then there's nothing for me to work on. Right. Amen. Now watch. You, you're going to have to evaluate where you're going and, 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 and evaluate where you're going based off of what you're carrying. Do I need all of this to get me there? Do I really need all of this to get me there? Anybody ever move from like a, a house to another house or apartment to another apartment? It's not until you start moving that you realize how much junk you're carrying. Y'all don't want to talk to me tonight up in this church. Y'all, some of y'all still cold from outside. It's not until you start, watch this, when it's time to move. When it's time for, for God to uproot you and put you into another place, you're going to have to put some work into the move or the victory. You can't go into the next victory because everything you have has to come with you. Everything that you own comes with you to the next win. Everything you own comes with you to the next place. You want to know, when, you wanna know when, 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 when people really start throwing stuff away? When it's time to move. When it's time to win. When God has victory lined up for you. Yes. And you know what you, you want to know? How do you know what you throw away? Based off of where I'm going. Yes. 
Watch this. If you're moving into a season of downgrading, your sectional that seats 30 people can't go with you into the apartment. It's good, but it can't go. Your king-size bed that was in your, your bedroom that was 700 square feet in the bedroom, now you're moving into a smaller space. That king-size set has to be sold or offer up. You got to give it away and bless somebody with it. But no matter how good it is, no matter how it served you, it's no good for where you're going. Our issue is we don't want to part with nothing because truthfully, a lot of us on the low, we are, we are hoarders. You want to know why people are hoarders? Because they've never had much. And when you've never had much, you hold on to everything because in your mind you think, what if I ever need this again? That stuff ain't been no good for years. You done got three souls put on the bottom of the shoe. The man said, don't bring them back no more. Don't bring, ma'am, don't bring these back no more. No more, don't bring back no more. Put these in the garbage. Put the, the, that, don't no more. I can't see this no more. I can't do this no more. I take a heel off. I put it back on. Put new heel on. Fourth time, no more. Can't do this no more. No more, we're done. Our relationship with these shoes are over. Right? Right? And here we go trying to defend. We're trying to defend why we want him to do one more repair. Sanchez, do one more. Just take the heel off one more time. Put a good tap on the bottom of that. One, come on, you know, come, for me. And he's saying, it's not worth it. Think about that. A lot of us are trying to save stuff that is so old. That God wants to give you all new. But you're missing the new because you like the way the old fits. All right. All right. A lot of us are going to have to be acquainted, watch this, with letting stuff go. You want to go higher? You're going to have to release some things. You, wanna, you, you really want to be anointed the way God wants to anoint you? You're not going to go there with all the stuff you're carrying. You really, you really want to be, be dangerous and, and really just trample over the devil's kingdom? You're not going to be able to do that with the same attitude. You're not going to be able to do that with all the same people in your life. Come on, you're not going to be able to do that with the same appetites. Oh, Lord. How many times are you going to stop and start over again? Come on. Because doing is about going forward. Not keeping one foot in the future and one foot in the past. And, 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 and going in between the two. When it's convenient for your spirit, I'm in the future. In the name of God, I see what God's doing in my life. But when, but when, but when it's not working for you, you always want to have a foot in something that is comfortable for your spirit, for your soul. I'm not going to mess with you until I ain't got nobody else to mess with. Then I always got these three left in my phone. I, I raised everybody else. Everybody's gone. But I still got my three old faithfuls. 
We ain't never going to be nothing. We ain't never going nowhere. We just good for one or two things. And use your imagination because we got kids in the room. Food and loving. Y'all real quiet tonight. Either we're going to be real and get healed or we're going to keep playing the games. You don't, you can't, some of y'all can't afford to stop and start again. Come on, come on. You can't afford to do this again. You can't, you can't spend 2020 stopping and starting, stopping and starting. You don't go nowhere. You can't, you can't get nothing. Nothing is going to be consistently given to you because you're not consistent in pursuing. Bible says, asking it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. Then it says, he that asketh and seeketh and knocketh. What is that? Continuing, continuation, continuation. It is, it is about us. Somebody said, I have to be faithful in this. All right, watch this. A lot of us have been praising and, and praying and worshiping and overcoming bad news and doing all of this stuff. All we've been putting all of these these these, 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 these points into the, in the practice, and you've been you've been believing the word of the Lord, all only to get to the point where God gives you the green light, and then you get lazy. What good was it to praise and pray and worship and overcome bad news and believe the word of the Lord for Him to say, "Okay, it's time for you to get what I have for you," and then there you get lazy. And miss a season. So many people get worn out on the way to the victory. That when God says, okay, get it. Because what we're going to see here in this text is that all the stuff that I've, I've given you all around about eight strategies so far. And they haven't gotten the victory yet. It takes strength to get the victory. But it, hear, hear me, it takes more strength to get the spoil of the victory. So if you're worn out go, getting, getting the victory and if the victory season only lasts for a, a season what happens when you get to the point where, where you defeat the enemy and God says now get everything, pick everything up and take it with you but you can't because you're tired because you didn't pace yourself going into the victory how much stuff are you carrying on the way to victory some of your stamina, some of your stamina is shot in the spirit. Three hallelujahs and you're ready to, you're ready to complete. I'm done. Whew, that was a lot. You start praying and your voice get a little cracky. Like, mm, that's enough for me. I'm drinking some water. When's the last time you prayed, prayed through a sore throat? You prayed through hoarseness. Come on, y'all. So last time you stuck with it until you got the breakthrough you needed. We don't do that no more because we're expecting for the service to hit us. Whew, I'm telling you, when I got to church, whew, that thing hit me so hard. Whew, that happens, but not every week. And God don't let it happen like that every week. You want to know why? Because what he wants from you is your personal time with him to be just as victorious as the, as the most victorious service you've been in. What happens if we don't have no church? You mean to tell me you can't get a victory? Write this down if you're taking notes. I refuse to get the green light, then stop. I refuse to get the green light, then stop. I refuse to get the green light, then stop. 
I refuse to get the green light and stop. Say, action is needed. Come on, say it like you're going to take some action. Say, action is needed. Come on, say it with some fire behind you. Say, action is needed. Some of us have to learn how to pace ourselves for victory. What do you mean? What do you mean, Bishop? You have to eat like you're about to get a victory. Some of y'all eating like you already got the victory, and that's why you sluggish. You got to prepare for a win. Come on, amen. You have, you're going to have to, every part of your life has to prepare to get a win. Not just your prayer life, not just your reading life. Not just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to train yourself to win. Come on, you got to train yourself to win. That means you're going to have to fast when you don't feel like it. Fast when the church don't call a fast. Bring this body under subjection. Tell that mouth shut now. I know you can say a thousand things. I know you're about to say, ah, catch it. I refuse to mess up now. That's discipline. The Holy Ghost don't shut you up. You shut you up. Amen, somebody. Holy Ghost is not coming out to the going. Holy Ghost don't do that. You do that. But a lot of us don't, don't even know how to deal with conflict. There's a healthy way. Me and Asha, we, we, we getting into it. We getting into it about something. We, 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 her and I are disagreeing on something, right? This is what a lot of people do. The more she disagrees with what I'm trying to say is the more riled up I get. Because I'm trying to prove a point. So the more riled up I get is the more I talk back to her. Then that messes with her pride. Then she gets riled up and talks back to me. What we're doing is we are, we are, we are um, causing friction between us that once this is over, watch this, once this is over, the enemy keeps the art between us. God forbid if I have to come back and try to tell her something else. You see what I'm saying? Now she's fully shut down to it because, watch this, of how we've handled this before. And if it's like that in friendships, it's like that in marriages. If it's like that in marriages, it's like that in ministry. If it's like that in ministry, we can't do anything because it takes, un- it takes us un- being unified for us to see growth. Disunity cancels the, bre- the blessing. And a lot of us don't see the blessing corporately in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships because we don't know when to shut And even if, even if I have 1,000% knowledge that I'm right, I got evidence backed up, and she believes she's right, guess what? My job is to digress. Because I will, I will never be able to convince her that even with the evidence, even if I pulled it up on the internet and said, this is what it says. If she is dealing with pride, even if I show the evidence, she'll find a way around it. Y'all get what I'm saying? My job is to learn how to hold my peace. Because the Bible said, whatever's right, he will repay. In other words, God has a way of causing somebody else to come to her. If I hold, if I'm able to hold myself back, God will send 20 people to her and let her know that what she, what she thought and felt and what she was saying was a thousand percent wrong. I won't have to be the convincer. The Holy Ghost will be. Because he is a spirit of 
True. Oh, Lord Jesus. So if he's a spirit of truth, why are you trying to convince somebody of a truth? Fighting with them about a truth. Arguing about a truth. It's very hard. It's, it's hard for you to do that and, and continue to be a doer. Write this down if you're taking notes. Everybody's not coming with me. The reason why the children of Israel was called the children of Israel because their parents died. <laughs> They're known as the children of Israel because their parents died. Why? God killed them. God said, I can't take y'all. Bye. That's it. God was like, I'm done. I'm not trying to convince y'all any longer. Which says that God does have a limit. Y'all don't like that. See, people don't like that kind of stuff. They say, look, like he does. I thought he's a loving father. He has a limit. God, oh, his grace will cover me. He has a limit. Y'all don't like that kind of stuff because y'all, my heavenly father, he watches over me. He's just so wonderful. And no matter what I do, that ain't true. No matter what I do. No, let me tell you something. When there's a mark on you and when he's destined you for something, he ain't going to let you do what you want to do and then let you go into the promise. Okay, y'all don't believe me? Moses was the leader. He didn't take it from the people and he ain't sure of it taking it from the leader. He said, I'm going to kill them and I'm taking you out too. Y'all don't like that? Look at that. Look at, look at God. My God did that? You want to know why? Because God is a God of order. Order. When the leader stops representing God, God has no use for the leader. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And when the people stop following the leader who's representing God, then God has no, no need for the people. Y'all don't like that. Look at y'all. Y'all upset. He said, I'm going to wipe out this whole top tier of this generation. Now watch. He didn't strike them dead. He just let them walk until they died. Every day they just walked. They walked for 40 years. Going towards a promise. And they could see the promise, but they never could go in it. And I believe a lot of them died from heartbreak. God came to them and said, y'all can't go in because you've displeased me with what you have said against me. Now, but everybody didn't say anything, but they did talk because their heart talked. Their attitudes talked. The emotions talked. And God said, because I promised it to you, Lord, help me, Jesus. Because I promised it to you, I'm going to be a man of my word and still give it to you, but not you, to your children. Amen. Your lineage will still get it. It'll still be in the bloodline. It'll still come to you, but not directly to you. So here we are. Now the children of Israel goes into the promise. But then they get into the promised land and God says, don't mess with these people. Don't marry these people. Don't do this over here. And you know what they did? They started marrying them people. Because it was hereditarily in them to disobey. leave that alone go to uh just just tell somebody next you keep on doing 
Go to James 1.22. Just write it down. I'm going to read it to you. James 1.22 through 25. Matter of fact, yeah, James 1.22. Listen to this. But be ye doers of the word. James says, be a doer of the word. What is a doer? A doer is a person who, who acts, acts, A-C-T-S, who acts rather than merely talking or thinking. A person who acts or who, 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 puts, who, puts, who puts into action rather than just talking or thinking. It's very easy to try to calculate what you're going to do for years and never put into action. I'm going to start this business and I'm going to do this and God gave, me, God gave me revelation about this and I just know this is the will of God. You can do that for 20 years. You can do that forever. I know the woman I'm looking for. I know that she's going to be saved. I know she's going to have, you know, she's going to love God. She's going to be a prayer warrior. And you sit in your house for 15 years. And watch this. And the one that, that God had for you ends up marrying somebody else. Well, y'all don't like that. Look at like, look, y'all look like he, they can? Yeah, they can. You can miss, you can miss your season trying to calculate something instead of acting. And a lot of us are trying to calculate God into something that he wants us to act on. Your paper is not, is not acting on what God said. It don't make no sense. 20,000 minus 5,000 and carry the one. I'm at minus 10,000. I ain't doing this. Well, what did God say do? He said start the business. But God, it ain't making sense on the pay. I don't even have the utensils to, to bake with. I don't have the stuff. I don't have the stuff. Start a preschool. Lord, what do I do? Huh? Right? I don't know what to do. Right? How many of us, how many has ever been there before? I don't know what to do. I, Lord, it's not making sense to my natural mind. Let me help you with something. When it doesn't make sense to your natural mind, that's the best place for you to be in. When it doesn't make sense to your natural mind, that's the best place for you to be in. Because that means you got to follow God's voice and act by faith. Uh, so this has nothing, watch this. A lot of you, this year, God told you to do something. And if he hasn't yet, he's setting you up for a victory and a win. It doesn't make sense what he's telling you to do. God said, I want you to, uh, I want you to go, okay, uh, I'll, I'll give it me, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk as if he's talking to me. I want you to, I want you to uh, take your, these 20 songs you just wrote, and I want you to go to L.A. for a week. I'm going to set something up for you, right? Okay, God, when, this is me, when do you want me to go? I want you to go in March. Okay, I'm looking on the calendar. Lord, Holy Spirit, give me the week that I need to go, the seven days I need to go in March. I want you to go from the 7th to the 14th. Good. This is, what I, this is me. Then this is what I do. I take that. I'm praying over it. Lord, I thank you. I perceive you gave me from the 7th to the 14th to go to L.A. to bring these 20 songs with me. But, Lord, I'm not just going to take these 20 songs. I'm going to work on 50 more. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it already. Because some of y'all be all right with the 20 songs you got. I'm going with overflow. Because if I know a door is opening... I'm not going with the bare minimum. Oh, Lord. Some of y'all think too small. Come on. Your thinking is so small. If God said, I'm opening the door for you, why are you going with just the 10? The 20? Bring 100. 
You want to know what got me placements, music placements in the music industry? They say, we need you to submit two songs for this artist. I said, good. Give me the address I got to send the songs to. Back then, we didn't have MP3s. We just sent them over. We had to send CDs full of songs. So I'm sending songs out. I would send 200 songs, literally 200 songs on CDs. These are all slows, all mid-tempos, all up-tempos. These are Calypso. This is rock. This, I'm every genre. I'm sending all of it. Why? Because you're not going to give me a no. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. See? We think so small that if they only ask for two, you only send two. I'm sending you 200. Why? I'm putting time into the craft. I'm, I'm letting God download stuff to me while everybody else is sleeping. I'm working. Why? Because when my door opens, Lord help me, and God says do, I don't want the door to open and he says do, and I come out to my pew pew. I'm coming out, what's, the, what, what's one of the baddest guns? An AK. I'm coming out going, I want to I walk in and they're so baffled by what I've sent. Watch this. And this happened to me. They said, we want you to send two songs. I literally sent 200 songs and it got me all the placements I got with Beyonce. All the, it got all of that and opened up a deal for me. I, I walked in and got a full deal, a production deal, an artist deal, a writing deal just because they asked for two songs and I sent 200. They didn't know what to do with me. They were baffled. We've never seen this before. Nobody's ever done this before. Why? Why? And, and to me, I'm thinking, is that, is this, you serious? Well, what it did was I walked in the door as an overachiever. Okay, I got scripture for it. Whatever you do, do wholeheartedly, not unto man, but as unto God, because not from them, but from God, you're going to receive a reward. Y'all get what I'm saying? My wife says to me, babe, can you sweep this up right here, this little spot over here? I don't, now watch, this, this is an issue with us, because somebody asks us to do it. Because a person asks us to do it, we don't give it our all, because ain't nothing coming from that. But what we don't realize is that they're asking you, but you're doing it as under God. So he has to bless you for what you're doing. Now, if God asked you to do it, what would you do? So my wife says to me, hey, babe, can you just, the kids spill some cereal right here. Can you clean that up? You know what I do? I start there. Mm. But then I go up and start cleaning all around. I take out everything, moving stuff out the way, garbage cans. This over here, open up the sink. Oh, they spill stuff under here. I'm, now I'm cleaning. I end, up doing a, I end up doing an hour and a half clean on the kitchen that I wasn't scheduled to do. Y'all missed it. Because I didn't do it because she asked me to do it. This is how God blesses me because I didn't do it for her. I did it for him. Oh, God. See, now there's the issue. If you're lazy and you don't want to be a doer, you're going to do just enough. But that's how your life is going to look afterwards. I'm just barely making it. If your boss asks you to do something, right, and there's no, there, there is no, there's no raise attached to this, will you do a, a, a job that is a thousand percent? Because you are a doer. What we don't realize is this. The reason why they end up having a meeting about you to give you a raise is because they see something in you that's not like everybody else. Everywhere I go, I get promoted. Everywhere I go, I get a good write-up. 
I was, I, when I was at UPS, I was there for two weeks, and they, and they automatically said, you got something in you that nobody else has. Why? Because after I finished my route, I say, is there any more routes? Any, anybody messing up on their route? Anybody need help? Because I can do this stuff in my sleep. I can do anything in my sleep. Teach me one time. Y'all quiet. It's not that I'm a fast learner. It's that I use the Holy Ghost. Y'all quiet. I'm trying to teach you how to succeed. When they're teaching, I say, Holy Ghost, put that in my memory bank. Let that thing sit there and then add the wisdom of God to it. So now when I, when I, when I replay back what they told me to do, there's always a little, a little switch to it because the Holy Ghost gives me a better and faster way to do it. They were saying, how, do you, how did you load the, the truck up like that? How did you do? Oh, I, I, got, I got a system for everything. Where you get that system from? I said, you really want to know? So I said, the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Then everybody gets scared, so I'm walking around. Well, the Holy Ghost, what ghost is this giving you this, how to do this? But guess what they started doing? They started incorporating it to every truck. Because the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Now watch, this is my thing. Then they start saying every day, hey, my wife, my family tell you, hey, where you at? Um, I'm just finishing my route. Can you go back over up? Can you go back up to uh, 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 the, the mall over there? And we got a truck over there. This guy's like got 85, 90 packages. Can you take 50 of his packages? Now he got the truck. I got, a, I got, I got my truck. He has the brown truck. They want me to take 50 of his 90 packages to deliver them for him because he's slow. He's been there for 10 years. I've been there for three weeks. And they're calling me to finish his work. This is a principle that takes you, that, that, that gets you, because write this down. I need an excellent spirit. I need an excellent spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit, and it, it gave him favor with the king. When you have excellent spirit, you're not trying to cut corners. I don't care what job is asked of you. I don't care where it's asked of you. Church, home, school, wherever. When you have an excellent spirit, wherever you go, you're going to shine. People are going to want you to be at the helm of everything. And you don't have to try to make yourself important. The Holy Ghost in you will bring you to the front of the line. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all how to get it. All right, let, let, let me just, let me, let me, let me finish this verse. We, Lord, I was, was going to finish this tonight. We not. It says, be doers of the word. I said, a doer is a person who acts Rather than just talking or thinking, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So you do have to hear. You do have to be a hearer. But he says, don't be a hearer only. Right? Be, but you have to be doers of the word. Notice, okay, so let me ask you all this. Which comes first, hearing or doing? Hearing comes first, but which do you have to possess? You, thank you. You have to be a doer first. So whatever you hear, you can do. If you, if you don't first overcome that I am a doer, no matter what you hear, you're not going to do. What is it that God's going to give you this year? What is it that God's going to bless you with this year? What, what victories are you going to see this year? Where, where did you suffer last year and how is that going to change this year? It changes and starts with what, you, what you're prepared to do. What are you prepared to do about your low finances? Yes. What are you prepared to do about your children? Yes. What are you prepared to do about your walk with God? Right. What are you prepared to do about being in the church and you're not doing nothing? Right. Right. What are you prepared to do? Thank you, and you are. <laughs> what, are you, 
What are you, no, I'm serious, he's, he's moving. What are you prepared to do this year that you didn't do last year? How many souls are you going to win to Christ this year? What number is it? Come on, see y'all, see, see if, if, you don't, if you don't have a number in your head, then you ain't going to push for nothing. I'm going after three souls every week. I want three to, I want three to come to know Jesus, and I want out of the three, one to come to church with me every week. Every week, I'm pushing for that. That's my goal for this week. So you start Sunday night. See, if you don't have a goal for it, then you never want to do it. Get a paper calendar, go old school, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your wall, tack it up on your wall. And every day that you get your three souls, put an X on it, a red X. And at the end of the week, reward yourself. Eat a cupcake. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, okay, uh, this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it my business this week. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to have one cheat day, but every other day I'm eating healthy and clean. Then on Sunday, that's your cheat day? Cheat. Eat. Enjoy it. But come Monday morning, I'm back on it. Because I'm a doer. You don't need nobody to pump you into it. You don't need a doctor to tell you, I see cancer. You don't need a doctor to tell you your blood, your blood sugar. You don't need a doctor to tell you mm, your, 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 your cholesterol. You don't need a doctor to tell you that. You've got to become a doer. The reason why most people do in times of crisis is because they're forced. They're forced to do it. If you don't do this, you'll have a stroke. Then they're like, oh God, I gotta have, now, it's forced doing. That's forced doing. That's forced labor. That's when you feel the weight of what you're doing. When you haven't made up your mind to do, and someone says do, it feels forced. And then if you got pride, you, you put the brakes on, then it becomes rebellion. All because you didn't make up your mind to do what the word says. Don't just be a hearer. Amen. You can hear a lot of word, but don't do nothing. Right. You can know, actually, you know how many people I know that know the word, but still don't do the word? Yeah. And then when you come and say the word says, I know the word says, the word says, follow peace of all men without wish, holiness, then nobody will see the Lord. If you know that, then why are you ain't peaceful? Right. You never planned on doing, although you heard and knew. Yeah. So tonight the question is, what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do to get out of debt? Mm. What are you prepared to do to be anointed? What are you prepared to do to hear the voice of God? What are you prepared to do to bring your body under subjection? You don't need nobody condemn you about what you've been doing. You know it's wrong. Come on, you know you ain't supposed to be cussing nobody out. Having sex with 85 people. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. What are you prepared to do to put an end to the foolishness? Y'all don't like that kind of, y'all don't like me tonight. What are you prepared to do? Watch this. You don't need a message to condemn you into something that you already know. You just haven't made up your mind to become a doer. Most people don't see the benefit in doing. The benefit in doing is that, okay, okay I'm going to show you what the benefit in doing. Let, let's, let's read James. and I'm going to end with this. I promise y'all we're done. We're not going to get through nothing else. Lord, I, I'm going to have to do this on, ne on next Tuesday. We'll do this because on Sunday I'm starting something new. But next Tuesday we're going to finish this up. But he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Watch this because <clears throat> when you are only a hearer, you deceive your own self. You know, what, you know what the word here deceive means? It means you have a wrong calculation of who you are. A person who, who is not a doer 
and only a hearer thinks that they are better than the people who are doing. So when you see somebody else getting blessed, you're like, mm, what they had to do do that? She must have slept with somebody. No, she did. <laughs> she ain't sleep with nobody. She followed what the word says and put it in practice. And isn't it something that when, and this is what I've learned too, people who are not doers always think the worst of somebody else's blessing. People who are lazy, Asha, look at other people that get blessed and they always have a negative report about them. Oh, what, what he did to get, mm, how did he get her? They must have been sleeping together. No, that's what you would have done. Y'all, y'all don't want to be honest. 2020, I'm going to be extra honest, more honest than I was last year, so get ready for me. Because a lot of us, we, in our spirits, we just, come on, get up out that sleep. It's high time to wake up now. People who, are, people who are judgmental of other people's blessings and they're not doers are most times, they, they, they concoct the story of what somebody else did to get, the, get, get what they got. But when you hear that story, what you're hearing is what they would have really done to get it. How you do that? Shaq, how you, how you make that money? You must have been selling some drugs. No, that's what you would have did if the, if the opportunity would have presented itself. Okay. Because doers are the, people who are not doers are deceived. According to James. He said, watch this. When you're only a hearer, you don't deceive nobody else. We can see through your foolishness. <laughs> we can see through your manipulation and your lies. You can't. He says you deceive your own self. Watch this, verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, this is what they're like. Let me tell you what they're like, James says. It's like a man or woman who beholds or sees their natural face in a mirror, in a glass. Right? And verse 24, for, for he beholdeth or sees himself or herself and walks away from the mirror and instantly forgets what they look like. He says a person who is, a, who is just a hearer is like a person that looks in the mirror. Mm, I got something in my nose. Hmm. The moment they walk away from that and don't fix it and don't do to correct he says at that very moment, they forget that they had something on them. And people who are not doers are the most critical people in the body of Christ. People who are not doers. You ain't prayed one bit, but because I'm praying in order, he must think he's all right. No, I know I'm all right because God's hand is on me. And, 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 and then and, and here's, here's the thing. When they see you operating and God using you, or they see something great happening for you because they forgot about them, they want to try to point a finger not realizing they're messed up themselves. Bless you. He says, watch this. Verse 25. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, last verse, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty or the, the word of God and continueth, that means they are doing it. Say consistently. And if they do it and they are not a forgetful hearer, that's the key. Not a forgetful hearer. Because just because you've heard, you may have heard and forgot. There's, there's so much meaning. I, I can't get into it tonight. He says, watch this. But when you look into the word and you continue in it, consistently going in it, and you don't forget it, but you are a doer of the work. Oh, Lord. So this says that 
that the word leads you to work. We're talking about looking into the perfect law of liberty. What's that? The Bible. The more I get into the word of God, the more, and I don't forget what it says, it leads me to want to work for the kingdom. This man or woman shall be blessed in all of his or her deeds. Underline deeds or write it down if you're taking those deeds. If you can look into the word, continue in it, and not be a forgetful hearer, but you start doing the work of what, it, of what you've read, the Bible says you're going to be blessed in all of your deeds. What are deeds? Everything you do. Everything you do is going to be blessed. This, what is it like? You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, blessed when you go, blessed when you sit down, blessed when you get up. Your children will call you blessed. Everybody's going to call you blessed. Everywhere you go, you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. How does that come? It comes by verse number 25. Looking into the word of God and continuing it. Staying continual to read it, to understand it, to know it, to do it. And not forget, not forget what you've heard about it. If you can do those things, the Bible says, you're going to be blessed in how many of your deeds? You're going to be blessed in all of your deeds. That means everything you do. In other words, your obedience to what you've heard, what you've read, and what you've done is going to pay off. The key word in all of this is, in verse number 25, is continueth continueth therein we start very well we start real I'll finish this on next Tuesday we start very well we start at a thousand Ooh, you can't tell me now. Oh, I'm, I'm in it God you, I, oh, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to the end three weeks later you ever seen Spongebob three weeks later <laughs> three weeks later the same day God how long I got to do this for there's a lot man if you just give me the key to all this I could no the issue is you haven't continued in nothing if you can get it and continue in it write this down last thing you're gonna write down for tonight I have to stop giving up stop giving up stop giving up when you want to give up that's the season you need to push harder because right behind that give up is the miracle. Right behind that, right behind that feeling of wanting to get, and y'all, can I tell y'all, can I be very honest with y'all? Sunday, okay, Sunday, I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to deal with. Sunday, we're going to deal with developing the ways of a winner. Developing the ways of a winner. You ever, um, you ever, you ever heard, you ever um, wanted to do something or be something great, and someone says, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then it was, it was great when you thought about doing it. But, but, and it was great when you saw somebody else winning in it. But then when, when they start teaching you how to be a winner like them, you were like, mm-mm, I'm done, I can't do that. I, I, you know, because that's, that's a lot to do. It always looks good when you see somebody else winning. Even if they're doing what you know how to do. Like, you know, I, I can play a piano. I, I, I can play a piano, like you know. I'm, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, uh, you know, I wanna, I wanna play for the orchestra. I can read music. I wanna play for the orchestra. I wanna play for the symphony over in, in, um, in, um, 
in, in Norfolk. I'm gonna play for the. I'm gonna go to the Symphony Hall. I'm gonna play for the Symphony. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, on, on the winter season. I'm gonna be the piano player for the Symphony. They having tryouts in three weeks, so I contact the Symphony piano player. Right? Say, hey man, uh, yeah, man, play something. I play something. Oh, you good man? You got what it takes. Read this music. Play the music. Flawless. And then he says, uh, so you want to be a Symphony piano player? Yeah. Well, the first thing you're gonna have to do is wake up at five every morning. Five o'clock every morning. For what? You're gonna have to stretch your fingers. I ain't never stretched my fingers. Well, you ain't you haven't played this much in a day. I've been doing this for 20 years. If you don't stretch your fingers, you're gonna end up like this. Like Fred Sanford. Y'all, some of y'all don't even know what that means, but that's okay. I dated myself. <laughs> you end up like this, right? So you gotta get up, you're gonna have to stretch your fingers. Then you're gonna have to do these exercises. Why? Because these are some of the scales you're gonna play for the symphony. And it's gonna come to you second nature. Well, I play by ear anyway. I'm good. I got this. No, you need to learn these scales because these are the scales they're gonna be playing every night. Well, by the third night, I'll catch it. Well, if that's the case, you're gonna get fired the first night. So you need to start six months out rehearsing the music. You see what I'm saying? No, nah, I'll wait till this us. I'll wait till two weeks before I got it. I, I've, I've always done it like that, but you never had a job this big. See, it's very easy for you to put your own conditions in something you've never done. So what God will do is, when you're going to another level, He'll connect you with somebody who's been there. Sorry, okay. He'll connect you with somebody who has been there to condition you to get you ready for what you said you wanted. The mentor always shows up when the mentee is ready to go to the next level. But it's always going to be demanded of you to do more than you've ever done to go there. And a lot of us say we want this to be the best year of our lives. I'm going to teach you starting Sunday how to get it. Because it's going be, to be bigger than what, you know, I'm going to give God five hallelujahs. No, it's going to be more than that. You did that last year. And you barely, made, you, squeeze, you barely squeezed out the year. Like, oh. <laughs> you, barely, you barely squeezed out of the 2020. Hold up. I'm still in 2019. It's, it's 1201 though. Hold up. Oh, I'm out. Okay, good. I'm here. By the end of this year, by the end of this year, by the end of this year, you're not going to have to squeeze out no year. You're going to win so much this year that by the end of this year, you're going to be helping somebody else win. Oh, I wish somebody would. See, y'all ain't excited about that because long as me and my family make it. No, no, no. You're going to make it so somebody else can make it. God's going to let you pay off all your bills because you're going to have to help somebody else come out of debt too. Oh, help me here. Y'all quiet. Come on, come on. God ain't bringing you out just for you. He's bringing you out so you can help bring somebody else out. It's going to be that kind of year. You're going to have win after win, victory after victory, because God wants you to bring somebody else into victory. And if you don't want to bring nobody else into victory, you might not see none yourself, because if you, because in, in order to do that, you, got, you have to get over your selfishness. The more I win, the more everybody else closest to me wins. And watch this. Be careful because you may win and God may demand of you to help an enemy win. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like me tonight. Y'all don't like Okay. Stand their feet. So I, I was having an honest moment. Let, let, let me tell y'all something. All right. You can hit that camera.
We love you, Facebook. Sow a seed. Sow a seed. There's a button up on there. Sow a seed into the word you heard tonight. God bless y'all. We love you on Facebook. We, we love you. Pretty soon we're going to be coming on Facebook.